tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight only on Disney Plus. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable from Nice. Can I tell you that today has been one of the best days? I feel like I've been having a series of really amazing days. One of the secrets I think is I'm actively purposefully planning to do things that I love. Like for years, every night before I go to bed, I make a to-do list of the things that I really need to knock off the next day. And as I've been traveling specifically since I got to Paris, because I knew I didn't have the same amount of time that I've had in other countries that I've based out of, like Ghana, I was there for six months. London, I was there for three. South Africa, I was there for three. Paris, I'm only here for seven weeks. So I've had to be very intentional about my time. Instead of just trying to see everything, I have lists of the really quote and unquote important things, the must do's. And I plan out that every single day I'm doing something to make sure that I I get to do all of the things that I'm really interested in doing. And just that small change has made a world of difference in my overall experience and also joy. There's something very fulfilling about setting a goal, having an intention, and then meeting it. Even if it's something very small, like go to the grocery store, buy wine. But just having a checklist of things to do and then being purposeful about getting through it and having that sense of accomplishment, but also just having something on the list that you're excited about. And then when you do it, it exceeds your expectations. It's just a really, really good feeling. Like I woke up, not the crack of dawn for me, because sometimes I'd be up at like 530 and that's my day. I'm just up and I start from there. But I got up actually late today. I didn't get up until like 7.30 or so. But I had the intention of going to see this chateau in the next town over. I can't even remember the name of it. Jesus. It's a villa. I said chateau, but it's actually a villa. But it's a villa that belonged to one of the Rothschilds. She was married young to a much older man who gave her an STD that left her bedridden for six months. And then she was unable to have children. This is all in the audio guide. And I was like, is her estate overseeing this? I I can't imagine they were. They didn't say what STD it was. I just assumed syphilis, neither here nor there. But he gave her an STD. She stayed with him another few years. He had a gambling problem. He went into severe debt. She's a Rothschild. She came from money. And so she was like, yeah, you spent up all your money. You're not going to spend up mine. She divorced him at 40 decided she was not remarrying. Her father passed away and left her a ton of money. And so she was like, I'm going to live my best single life. I'm going to gamble and bet on horses and cavort. And most important, build this magnificent villa in one of the most beautiful parts of France. And I'm going to summer because that's all it was good for. She only used it in the summer. And she was like, I'm going to summer at this massive villa. And the villa is like gorgeous, but the gardens... And you know, I go to chateaus, I go to plantation houses, 
the Gilded Age, all those like 30,000 square foot homes up in Newport, Rhode Island. Like I've done all of that. Like I've seen some gardens all over the world, right? I ain't never seen no shit like this. This lady had English gardens, French gardens, Japanese gardens, Spanish gardens, a rock garden, a rose garden. And there's still like other gardens that I'm leaving off. I walked and walked and walked. I did 10,000 steps just walking around this lady's house and her gardens. And best part of the day, actually not. I'll tell you the best part of the day. This is the second best part of the day. Because I'd seen the gardens in pictures, which was part of the attraction of wanting to go to the house. So I had an idea of what the gardens looked like. I'm standing on the balcony, very beautiful gardens, super manicured, very perfect, right? I'm taking pictures of the gardens. And then this music starts. And I was like, oh, that's a nice touch. Like they're piping in music. Like while we look at the gardens, it gives it like a feel. And then this fountain show started. It wasn't like a full like Vegas fountain show. It wasn't that, but it was a notable fountain show. Like the water swaying back and forth, goes up and down and no lights, but it was beautiful. They actually have garden tours at night and I do think there are lights, but I was there at like 10 o'clock in the morning. Like I got there when it opened. I got there at 9.55. It was already like 50 people in line. But because the gardens are so extensive and the house is so extensive, it didn't feel crowded. I was still able to observe and enjoy and take photos without them being like overrun. But I'm standing there on this balcony and I'm I'm watching this like fountain show with music. And I was like, this is like some of the most beautiful shit I've ever seen in my entire life. And I haven't seen beautiful shit. It was stunning. Here's the best part of my day. I take the bus to this villa and it's a 45 minute bus ride, which I'm not looking forward to. And it's not an express bus. It's literally 27 stops to get to this villa. It's crowded when I get on the bus. I don't have a seat. And I'm just like, okay, here we go. We start going up hills and like around bends. And, and I start to get glimpses of this view that's, that's coming up before us. It's not a, I mean, I guess it is a port. There's several in Nice. But this is like the super fancy one where like the, like the big boys and the big yachts. There's boats and then there's yachts. And then there's super yachts. This is where all the yacht yachts and the super yachts, very few boats, are all hanging out. Harbor, that's the word I'm looking for. All hanging out in this harbor. And the views, absolutely insane. We go around one bend and I literally gasp because it's so beautiful. And the other people on the bus, this one guy laughs at me. He says something in French, which I couldn't fully translate. I I took it to mean something like everybody does that, but it was gorgeous. I mean, like these are the views from the freaking bus. I take out my camera. I'm recording video through the bus doors, which are tinted because, you know, it's south of France. The sun can be really hot and overbearing. So I'm recording and then the bus door opens right then and gives me like the clearest, most beautiful view of the port, the hills and mountains, the the chateaus, the super yachts, the water, like it just... It was absolutely breathtaking. Keep going along. There's architecture galore. There's views galore. Around every bend, it just got more and more and more beautiful. Somewhere around like stop maybe 20 or so. And I was still gazing out the window from my seat. We get to the stop. The doors open. And this guy says, this is your stop. And I was like, huh? I never told anyone where I was going, what my stop was. Like I I haven't said a word in English or otherwise the entire time I've been on the bus. The woman sitting behind the guy goes, this is the chateau. You're going to the chateau. It's a statement. It's not a question. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, this is your stop. 
And so I run off the bus. I say, au revoir. When I wanted to say merci, I know enough words. I still have to concentrate really hard to speak French. It doesn't just flow out of my mouth the way that say English or even Spanish does. It's a process. It's been three weeks. Like, give me grace. So I get outside and I turn, I realize that I said bye instead of thank you. Um, and I turn around and I yell, mercy, but the door's closed. I was like, I hope they at least saw me. Or maybe they heard me because I was loud. Because they did me a solid. Like I would have had to like get off somewhere else and then walk back. And it was hot. Even though it's only like the high here is like 77 every day. The sun here is super intense. 77 here feels like a good solid 87. But yeah, I went to the chateau. I just told you about everything that I saw. And then on the way back, I was taking the bus back down and I made note of a couple places that were really beautiful and had really good architecture that I just wanted to get off and walk around. So I got off at another port and there was a little beach nearby and like a gorgeous beach club. I was so mad that I didn't wear my bathing suit under my dress, but I got something to eat and it was really good and the wine was good and the view was good. It was just random and perfect. And then I came back to the hotel because I'd been outside all day. It was probably like four o'clock and I'd been out since like eight something. I just needed like just to lay it down for a minute and take a shower. I knew I smelled like outside. So I was like, let me just, you know, sit it down for a minute. Um, And then I went back out to the old city. I'd walked up the mountain, really. There's a chateau on the top of a mountain here. And I'd walked through the old city and up all the stairs. I mean, it was so many stairs, so many stairs. I'm shocked my legs are sore. I went up there to see a panoramic view of the city. So I walked through Old Town to get there. And then I walked a different way through Old Town to get back. And there was this really cute restaurant in an alley. It was two of them. And I was like, I want to eat here. Like, I just want to have this experience. So I went back out to have dinner at one of those spaces. And it was probably the best meal. And I've been eating good since I've been here. But it was probably the best meal that I've had since I've been in Paris. And I've had good meals. Like some people say French food sucks. I don't think so. It's not like Ghana food. It's not perfectly seasoned to a black palate, but it's not bad food. I have had to reach for the pepper. And when I do Uber Eats, I do have to chef up my food sometimes. I never had to reach for the salt, the pepper, any kind of seasoning when I was in Ghana. That was good eating. But no, I had the best pasta. It was pesto, pine nuts, parmesan. It was fresh homemade pasta. I might go back there for lunch. That's how good it was. It was the best meal I've had on this trip and perhaps the best pasta I've ever had. Just, ah, it was delicious. I think Nice, out of all the places that I've been so far, Nice and the random place that I went today where this villa is, but it's literally the next town over. And I mean, a Nice bus took me there. Fairly, I think we could call it all Nice. But I think Nice is probably my favorite of all the cities so far. And I've liked every place that I've been. Like Marseille was fine. Arles, Arles was amazing. Arles is second to Nice. Cannes was good. The weather just sucked. If I had been able to lay on the beach for three days straight like I wanted to in Cannes, that might have been my favorite. Saint-Tropez, same thing. I was only there for a day trip. If I spent more time there and also like hung out at the beach clubs, I would probably love Saint-Tropez. And I didn't dislike it. It's just, you know, of the experiences that I've had. Nice has a lot of culture. It has a lot of beauty. It has exceptional beauty. It's easy to get around. And the weather's been good. The beaches here aren't that great, though. Their beach is all rocks. Pretty rocks. But I see people, like, actually, like, laying out towels on the beach. And I was like, 
that can't possibly be comfortable. Like, I feel like it needs you're forced to go to a beach club so you can rent a chair if you want to be comfortable or you have to carry a chair down to the beach. But even at the beach club, like it's still like it means the beach, but it's not sand. It's rocks. The place that I was at earlier, like out by the, the Rothschilds Villa, their beach had sand. I feel like I could just get up in the morning and go back to that other side of town and go hang out on the beach over there before I go to my next stop. I just want a good beach day. I had one. I would like one more. I would like three more, to be quite honest, but we'll see. But yeah, this South of France trip, do you remember I was saying, I think before I left, I was nervous about being on the trip. I felt like I would have FOMO about Paris just because I'm so obsessed with it. I'm actually in this expat group and they had a meetup this weekend, actually today. But it's like black women living in Paris and I, and I would like to meet them and lay eyes on them. But you know, I ain't in Paris. So that's that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What do we have on our list of good black news this week? Our beloved Method Man. He is on the cover of Cassius Magazine. He's been doing a lot of covers lately. It's hip hop's 50th anniversary. So a lot of people are doing hip hop coverage. And he being fine as he is as relevant as he is, as accomplished as he is. He's had, you know, a 30-year run in hip-hop. So, and now he's an actor, a very a very fine actor. Fine, very fine. So he's on the cover of Cassius Magazine. I didn't read the whole article. I just read the highlights and looked at the pictures because, you know, it's meth. But he talked about acting. He talked about his strong sense of self. I mean, it's meth. He could talk about water being wet and I'd still find it all fascinating and engaging. He fine. Lord, he fine. And the pictures were good. I didn't necessarily care for all of the outfits. But again, meth in a bad outfit is still meth. I mean, that man been fine all his life. It just, he doesn't consider himself a sex symbol though. I don't know if he talked about this in Cassius, but he said it on multiple occasions before. Like He was like, am I a sex symbol? I don't consider myself such. And I'm like, do you have mirrors in your house? You don't have any mirrors? You took all the mirrors out your house? Like, you don't look at pictures of yourself? You don't. You'll be in the gym. You know what you're working with, don't you? Do you not? Maybe he thinks he's average, which I'm just like, bruh. <laughs> he was also on the cover of, was it Men's Fitness? I want to say it was him, Method Man, Men's Fitness. I didn't read his article there either. I've read the one about Buster Rhymes, which is fascinating. Oh, Men's Health. It wasn't Men's Fitness. It was Men's Health. It was Meth, Buster Rhymes, Ludacris. Oh, that must have been an inside cover because I'm looking at the cover and 50 Cent is on there. I'll be honest. And none of these people are in bad shape. I'm not clowning. I'm just I'm just telling you my honest reaction. I heard about the cover before I saw the cover. I heard Meth was on the cover and I was like, oh, this is exciting. Let me go see. I very much understood why Method Man was on the cover because we've seen very many pictures and video of Method Man looking very fit and very fine. Last time I remember seeing Fitty, Curtis, Curtis the Cancer. I remember seeing him was at the Super Bowl. And he, <laughs> I can't even get the words out. He was hanging upside down like he did in his very first video. And when people saw him, because he's a much thicker man than he was, you know, like 20 years ago, as he should be. This is normal. 
not body shaming, not clowning, recalling and recounting what people said at the time. Also, if there was anybody who I wouldn't feel bad about dragging, it's Fiddy because he drags everybody. If anyone drags him, he very much has it coming. I am not doing that. I am just saying when people saw him hanging upside down at the Super Bowl and he was rapping, people were like, that's a big ass wing bat. Also, Buster, we've seen some photos of Buster in recent years and he was a fuller man, a fuller man. Nothing wrong with Fuller, just Fuller nonetheless. He wasn't the Busta Rhymes that we remember from great videos back in the day, which again, it's been 30 years. I am not the same size I was when Busta was last skinny. That said, I heard about the cover and I was like, Busta's on the cover? Because, well, maybe he's done some work. I saw the photos and I was like, he has. He admitted his weight was out of control and he was having some health problems. And he said one of his family members, I think he said his son, was rubbing his belly, like making fun of his fat. He remembered how he, you know, used to look. He used to be known as a man in good shape. And, and he didn't like that he was not known as that anymore. And then also the health issues. So he said he was getting himself together. I didn't read the article about Fiddy because I don't care. Ludacris, I saw the picture. Ludacris, he looks great. His hair is fluffy and full. That man has a beautiful head of hair and beautiful abs. He looked really, really good. I don't hear a lot from or about Ludacris, which I consider a good sign. To me, that means he is minding his business. He's not involved in any scandal. I don't see him up on the shade room. I don't see him arguing with people on social media. He's behaving like like a grown-ass man. That in contrast to Curtis the Cancer. But yes, meth looks absolutely amazing. More covers. It's Hip Hop 50 for four more months. Everyone should put Method Man on their cover. Essence already did it once. Fuck it. Do it again. I have literally been crushing on this man since I was 16 years old. Maybe 15. Once he and Mary did, you're all I need to get by. Like he found a fan for life. I think I said this about Michael Ely. I will watch him watch paint dry. Like you don't have to do shit. Just exist. That's it. Method and Michael Ely. And Morris Chestnut. What's with the M's? And other good black news, depending on your perspective, Naomi Campbell is doing a collaboration with Pretty Little Thing. One of my friends sent it to me. And so she was like, this is so off brand. She was very unpleased because she was like, you know, when you think Naomi Campbell, you think Vogue, you think high fashion, you think luxury, you think wealth, you know, you just think money. She was like, Pretty Little Thing and Naomi don't really, don't really work for me. I'm going to wait and see. I've seen a couple looks so far. Page six posted some images. Naomi looks great. The clothes don't look bad at all. They're not my particular taste, but she's got them on and she looks good. I mean, she is a professional model. I guess one of my questions though, who is the target audience for this? The young girls know who Naomi Campbell is, but she's also like at best auntie and maybe more like mom to them. I don't see them aspiring to dress like her and for the women who grew up on Naomi Campbell who really see her as that chick I don't see women in her age group flocking to pretty little thing to buy their clothes but also too a cute dress is a cute dress like if you think it's cute and it fits you nice do you care where it comes from some people do some people don't like I'm looking at her pictures right now there's this one really cute white dress that I would totally wear. It's mid-calf. It has some really cute cutouts. 
It's very cute, but I'm also kind of concerned about the quality. We'll see. I'm gonna hold out and see what the full collection has to offer. And then I'll offer an opinion from there. You could tell I really like Naomi Campbell and I'm trying to give her the benefit of the doubt out of respect for being the Naomi. Do we have anything else in good black news? Not that I have on this list. There's news. <laughs> Your boy, Mitch McConnell. I, I, I'm going to try to talk about this story with some sense of decency. And I'm giving him more grace than he deserves. He is an awful, bitter, racist, terrible man. He does not deserve any of my grace. And still, seeing this old man for the second time, standing in front of the cameras, literally frozen and unable to speak, it just doesn't feel right to me to clown him. It should. I should have no qualms about it whatsoever. It just doesn't. He is an awful human. And he is reaping what he has sowed. The fact that he's having severe medical emergencies. And it's not just in front of the camera. There's no way the first time this happens, it just happens to be in front of the camera. And the only the second time it happens, it happens to be when he's in front of the camera again. You could tell from the first time it happened by the way that his team reacted to him, that no one was freaking out, that this has happened many times before. He's an old man. He's a terrible human and he deserves exactly what he's getting, which is you're surrounded by people who do not give a fuck about you. Not your friends, not your family, not the people on your payroll, no one. Because if someone actually gave a damn about him, they would take his ass to a hospital. They would be like, you can't do this anymore. You need to sit down. And he could yell, he could scream. Somebody would be trying to get a power of attorney, something to make sure that this sick old man gets some help. Somebody who cares about him would actually act like it. That he's still getting up in front of the camera, that he's still working a full-time job, despite clearly, clearly having a severe medical condition. No one cares. He don't care about himself and nobody cares about him. He's in a hell of his own making. And still, I saw folks making... <laughs> I can't even talk about it. I was on Kev on stage page. <laughs> and he posted, you know how the Beyonce concert, she'd be like, everybody on mute. <laughs> and everybody's supposed to go like dead silent. And then they pan to a picture of Mitch McConnell standing there unable to say anything. <sighs> It's wrong to make fun of this sick old man and people who do it are going to hell. Let me know what I need to bring because I'm going to see y'all down there. It's wrong. I laughed until I cried. Tears poured from my eyes. It's so wrong. It's so wrong. He so deserves it. It's so wrong. You know, Beyonce's show ends this month. I feel like she's been on tour forever, at least since May, because that's when I saw her. She's been on tour the entire summer. It somehow doesn't look haggard or tired, still looks fresh. We haven't run out of outfits, although there's been some questionable ones as of late. There was like this red hat that was giving big fat Albert energy, which I was like, why? Why would you wear that? But other than that, no, there was one other one. That's not the point. Out of all the outfits, we got to be over 100 at this point. There's been two that I was like, girl, what? Everything else has been absolutely amazing, stunning, delicious, and enjoyable. Like, I've enjoyed all the fashion. I'm sad to see the tour come to an end. 
I've really enjoyed logging on to Instagram and Beyonce's posted three or four outfits within the hour. I look forward to seeing the new outfit choices. And I have thoroughly enjoyed watching people have so much joy about this concert, getting prepared for the concert, picking out outfits, trying on looks, makeup, hair. It's a whole like Beyonce industrial complex. I love watching people enjoy themselves at the show, dancing at the show, traveling for the show. She has brought a lot of joy to social media over the last four months. I don't know what we're going to do. Somebody else got to go on tour and give us a bunch of looks, a bunch of reasons to dress up. They can't be silver though. Ain't no more silver. All the silver in all the world is gone. Folks done bought up all the silver. I'm actually going to miss Beyonce's tour. Oh, we need to talk about some of our TV stuff. I didn't recap Lioness, not on here and not on social from last week. (laughs) I'm so obsessed with this show. Oh, by the way, this is me telling you now we're about to do spoilers. I'm about to give major spoilers for the show. So if you don't want to hear spoilers for Lioness, you should probably fast forward. I'm also going to talk about what's the documentary on Netflix? BS High? I asked everybody on my social media pages to watch it because I watched it and was outraged. And I was like, I need people to be outraged with me. I'm not going to be outraged alone. So I had everybody watch it and everybody came back and was like, what the fuck did you just have me watch? Like, so we'll talk about that in a second. We're going to talk about Lioness first. I don't think this episode was a huge shocker. It was kind of a transition episode taking us from one place to the next. Not this past Sunday, the newest episode, the episode before this. We found out two major things. Lioness and old girl kiss. So their friendship is not just a friendship. Now it's turning into something else. And we also find out that this Lioness special ops situation is basically sacrificing Lady Tramp, Cruz. The the plan is to kill her and she don't know. This most recent episode, Lioness, Cruz, and the chick that she's lying to take their relationship to the next level. The funny thing was, they kissed and then the girl was like oh my god what was that she act like this had never crossed her mind before like she'd never been attracted to a woman before she kissed the girl but she didn't like it like she's very confused this episode they go on a shopping spree the girl is trying to sex her up in the middle of the store now mind you they are in a private room they are in a private area there's a lot of champagne but still ma'am like you're in public Like, how are you going to go from like, oh, I don't know about this kiss and what was that? I'm so confused. And now you comfortable licking somebody down in the middle of the store? Cruz was like, this isn't the place for that. She said, you want me to take you somewhere it could be? Oh, oh, maybe you've done this before. Then they get in the bedroom. She was like, oh, do you like this? And they started doing all sorts of stuff. Cruz lost her mind. I don't think Cruz has been with a woman before. I'm not even sure Cruz has had an orgasm before. The way she was reacting to old girl, I was like, I think this might be her first. Definitely not old girls first. And then she was talking about, like, I think I might be in love. What the hell was this lady doing with her hands? My God. Zoe was like, no. (laughs) She's like, you come from a bad background. Nobody loves you. You have no friends or family. Somebody's being nice to you as their last hurrah before they get married. This goes nowhere. You're not in love. Stop it. (laughs) She was so rude about it. I mean, I know it's the mission, but still. This mission not going to happen like y'all planned. Y'all whole plan is to bomb this wedding. You're going to kill Cruz, the girl, and the girl's father if he shows up to the wedding. That's the plan. That plan's not going to go according to plan. Cruz going to try to run off with the girl. We'll find out on Sunday. It's about to be a mess. I love it. I love it. It's good TV. Speaking of a mess, 
my friend hit me. Actually, I saw it on her page first. And she was talking about this documentary. And she was like, everyone stop what you're doing. Watch this documentary. This is the craziest shit I've ever seen in my life. I was like, nothing's ever going to be crazier than abducted in plain sight. I see her post about it on Facebook. And then she hits me on WhatsApp. And she was like, D, no, really, watch this shit. Like, make time today to watch this. And I was like, okay. Like, she's never done that before. Like, it really must be something intense. I have no idea what this thing is about. All I know, BS high. It must be about high school students. That's all I got. So I turned this issue on. It's on max. I want to say, like... (laughs) Was it a full minute in before I realized, like, this is about to be a wild ride? Dude was like, do I look like a con artist? (laughs) What? Who that is not a con artist? Ask somebody, do I look like a con artist? Sir, if you are here to tell the truth and you are not a con artist, why would people suspect that you are? And then he got to talking and I was like, what the fuck? Every time I thought the story couldn't get any worse, it just got worse and worse and worse. This is when I knew (laughs) years and years ago, 20 years ago, the Dave Chappelle show, there was this skit with Rick James. Charlie Murphy said Rick James put his dirty feet on somebody's couch and they asked Rick James, they said, Rick, and it was actual Rick James. It was a sit down interview. And they said, Rick James, did you, did you put your dirty feet on somebody's couch. And he was like, no, I didn't put my dirty feet on nobody's couch. Like, why would you ask me that? And then two seconds later, they show another clip from the same interview. And he was talking about putting his feet on somebody's couch. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) They were at least trying to be funny. This dude, they asked him, who is Coach X? He said, who? They said, Coach X. He said, I don't know who that is. They were like, Coach X. You don't know Coach X? And he says, "Mm -mm, I'm not familiar. That, That name doesn't ring a bell. And they were like, Coach X, do you, you don't know Coach X? And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, okay, I know him. He, he worked with the program for a little bit. Like, he was there for a couple weeks. I mean, like seven or eight months. Coach X was like, yeah, he used to come over to my house and me and him would be planning to put this school or this team or whatever together. We spent so much time together talking, texting, just being around each other that his wife came to him and was like, is there something I need to know? Is there something going on with you and Coach Roy? Because y'all are always together. Y'all are always talking to the point that it makes me uncomfortable. This fool, Coach Roy, sat there and denied this man. Who? I don't know him. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay, a couple weeks. Okay, it was a few months. Sir, you hung around somebody for a few months. In the time period that he's talking about, it's not like he's talking about like, okay, well, you know, it's 2022. You asked me about some shit that happened in 2000. He's asking about some shit that happened like three years ago. Tops. Yo, that was an evil, evil, evil man. I was like, this man is the devil. And how he's like free, how they're not doing this interview from prison, how he doesn't have on a jumpsuit and some shackles. One of the world's greatest tragedies. They asked him, they said, were you a good coach? And he was like, yeah, I was a great coach. I get down in the dirt with my players. Like I'm a mentor, but I'm a friend. And we we really bonded. And the players were like, he didn't coach us. He was like, we never did drills. We never exercised. He's like, there was no playbook. He was like, we were running plays based on shit we saw on Madden. Nigga, what? There was a video of them playing well-trained, hardcore athletes. And his team of young men... <laughs> because they weren't teenagers, were getting their asses beat. And, like, he wouldn't stop the game. This one woman was like, yeah, my son was out here playing 
wearing his helmet from high school. Like you got these kids out here playing a major contact sport, getting hit, 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 and didn't even give them proper equipment to protect themselves. Somebody got injured. Actually, many people got injured in one game. There was no doctor. There was no medical staff. Like you didn't give a fuck about these kids. I was talking to one of my friends and I was, this man is a monster. I can't believe he did this to these boys. And so she was like, yeah. I said, what is that? What is yeah? And so she was like, you know, they got to take some accountability. I said, who? She said, the boys. She said, all of them had played football at some point. They knew that they had to practice. They knew that they should have been learning something, that somebody should have been teaching them something. They knew when they were moving from hotel to hotel that something wasn't right. They knew when they weren't being fed that something wasn't right. When they weren't training, when there was no playbook, all of them knew that this wasn't going as it's supposed to be. And they still showed up and participated every day. No one called flag on the play and was like, stop, we're not doing this anymore. This is illegal. This is wrong. This isn't right. Everyone just buried their head in the sand off the hope that they could make it to college or NFL or whatever it was. She was like, I really don't have the sympathy for them that you do. Based on what was shown in the doc, I could kind of see where she's coming from. I would imagine that there probably were many times where the guys were like, this is some bullshit. This isn't right. This isn't going anywhere. This is a waste of my time. This is stupid. I would imagine that every time it looked like the boys had, were reaching their, their breaking point, that Coach Roy showed up with some sort of like grand gesture. If you're at your breaking point and then he shows up and says, okay, here are the teams that we're playing this season. And you're playing one of the number one teams in the country. You're going to be on ESPN. You're like, oh, okay, he is legit. Like some things are jankety and they're not going how they're supposed to be. But like something must be going right if we can get on ESPN or if we can play these major teams. I think it would be easy to describe this situation as abusive. I think it would be easy to describe this man as manipulative. I think it's more than likely that he was dangling a carrot in front of these boys, young men, to get them to do what he wanted and to get them to stick around longer. Just an evil, evil, evil man. When they got into the stories from the boys about like the, the aftermath of this whole situation, when that grown ass man broke down, he tried not to cry and then he just wailed. Like that man was broken, broken. They showed the video to Coach Roy and was like, well, you know, this is what your players had to say about their experience with you. Like, what do you think about that? And he was like, oh, these niggas are ungrateful. What? You know, the moment I knew he was really crazy. I knew he was a con artist. I knew he was a scammer. I know he was full-blown crazy until they were telling the story about how he ran over the geese and he was like, I hit one geese, like it wasn't intentional. And they were like, no, like he aimed for the geese, like he ran over the geese and then he backed up over the geese. What? You killing animals? Then they were like, there was a domestic violence charge. He was like, I would never, I would never hit a woman. I would never do that. He was like, I certainly wouldn't do it in front of my players. And then they flashed to a player giving a detailed description about how he slapped his girlfriend in front of him. And it was like, yeah, she made me do it. What? I don't understand how this man is not in jail. I mean, I guess I do because nothing he did. There was a journalist in the documentary and he was like, so technically all the things he did are wrong, but they're not illegal because no one thought anyone would do something so crazy. Like call yourself a school, but not be a school. Like there's no law that says you can't call yourself a school unless you're a school. So he's going to do this shit again.
He gonna do this shit again and again and again until it's illegal. The man had 30 lawsuits and did not care. I was like, you destroyed these young men's lives. He took out loans in their names. He fucked up their credit. No remorse whatsoever. None. I was like, they're not going to send him to jail. Somebody need to beat his ass. I usually don't condone violence. Somebody needs to beat his ass. Like, see him on site beat his ass. I had a friend who saw the screening for this movie at Tribeca Film Festival. One, I was like, he was there. And she was like, he was there. The players that were featured in the documentary, they were there. I was like, I don't understand. All those men are football players. I don't understand how nobody just sucker punched him. Or, or just gave him a full good 90 stomp out with a steel toe boot. I don't understand how that hasn't happened in his life yet. I'm not saying it's the right thing to do. I'm not saying I condone doing it. I'm saying if somebody did it, I would understand. I would also contribute to the GoFundMe. Gladly. That shit pissed me off so bad. Like I'd be walking around Nice in a good mood, happy. And then think about that man and just get mad. I can't believe he did them kids like that. They are kids. I think the oldest one... I thought the oldest person in the documentary was 21, which is crazy to have 21-year-old people playing teenagers. I guess maybe it's crazier that they were still losing, but I guess they weren't trained and had no plays. Yo, that was the wildest shit I ever seen in my life. I don't know if it tops the man abusing the girl and kidnapping her twice and then having sex individually with both of her parents. I don't know if it tops that, but it's way up there. It's different though. One was just a huge bag of stupid. And this one is just evil. Oh, that man was evil. And you're going to do this shit again. You know what else? Okay, I'm almost done. You know, the other thing that got me is what he wanted to do. Like the initial plan. We're going to do this school and we're going to get these players and they're going to do football. If you actually take care of the players, it's not a bad idea. He's not a stupid man. If he actually put that effort into doing some shit the legit way, it could actually get done. The deception and the hurt and the trail of insanity and confusion and humiliation and embarrassment and just brokenness. I think he gets joy in that and that's why he does it. But I'm like, bruh, you could actually do it the right way. It's possible. And people wouldn't be broken in the process. It's the wildest shit, yo. I really could have done this whole episode just on Coach Roy and all the crazy shit that he did. Like, I just, I can't believe he did that shit. And did. All right, that's the episode. Hope you have a great holiday weekend. It's Labor Day, yeah? I hope you have a great three-day weekend. I hope you can avoid doing labor. All right, that's it. Talk Tuesday. Bye.